0: Running with Jake, the podcast. on this episode.
1: First and foremost, I just kind of, I think it's always important to make sure we have lots of things to look forward to over the winter. Maybe even some more time off, maybe some full weekends off so then going to have a city break. You know, really just look forward to things. So when it comes to those times when we want to be a bit more disciplined, we're ready for it, we're hungry.
0: Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe.
2: Welcome to another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your almost weekly dose of running motivation. We like to consider ourselves consistent as a coach, as a running coach. This podcast, by the way, if you're new to the show, enables me to help people en masse, give some tips and tricks, and help you improve your running. But consistency is key. As a coach, I like to make sure my runners are out there running frequently. As a podcast host and as my fellow podcast producer, Pete, the non running guy of the show, we do like to be consistent with the episodes of the show. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. We did have a bit of a boo-boo, though, Pete, didn't we? And I feel we, we can't brush this under the carpet. I feel we should, we should mention it, and I'm going to hand over to you. Is that all right? Because
0: <laughs> I don't like responsibility. Yeah, it was a boo-boo, and it involved... Um, and, and, oh, God, what did it involve? It involved um, a, a, a long-planned Tech. interview uh, who was, was going to be great, and we recorded it, and unfortunately, there was a technical problem. Um, which means, which meant that we weren't able to bring you that guest, which meant that we weren't able to release that podcast because um, having zero ability to plan, we were doing it the day before. Um, And so, yeah, do apologise. Sorry. That's all I've got. That's all I've got.
2: (laughs) Very sincere. I believed you. It was very sincere. Honestly, it kept me awake. For at least two nights. I just, I was lying in bed. You know what it's like, you get in bed and then you just start to think about stuff, don't you? And I was like, oh God, we didn't, there's no podcast. We didn't put the episode out. It just, oh, and I love it as well. Like I really, you know, we love the show. We love helping people and and speaking to our great guests. So yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, but you know, you just got to respond to these little things in life, these curve balls that come our way it's the same no matter what you do in life or what you're training for some some things just don't go to plan and that was the case last week but look, we're here now and we have a fantastic episode for you today i hope you enjoy the show we're going to pull out all the stops today i want to hit you with so many forgive me i'm going to use the phrase knowledge bombs because we really want to help you (laughs) and make up for last week so if you've not forgiven us please do forgive us and we're here to stay The podcast is not just for Christmas,
0: it's for life. Is it a bad time or a good time to mention the Patreon today? Or do we keep that quiet? Because obviously we do have some people who pay us via Patreon because they enjoy the show and they take value from it. Mm. And obviously they didn't get a show last week. No. So now is is it a good... I mean, I've mentioned it. I was going to say, is it a good time to mention it? But Mm. I've mentioned it, I've put it out there. And then now we've got people going. God, you're right. Yeah, we got done. We got done. (laughs) Or do we just at this this point? No, I can't edit this bit out. No, because I don't have time to edit. I barely have time to record this. I I don't. I don't have time to edit it. So how about if we make a promise to um, to do two episodes one week? How about that? Oh God. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I am up for that. Should we do that? Is that going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now the Patreon people who are going, yeah, you're right. I give you money for this. You've done me. You've not been done. It's okay because you are gonna get, um, we're going to get... We, we've are going. we just got one in the bank and we're going to give you that at some point in the future. So at some point there'll be a week with two released and then you'll be able to sleep again, Jake, and the Patreon people won't feel ripped off and um, I'll just be able to continue my life. Yeah, exactly. You know,
2: it's just like when Apple released a new phone. You know, sometimes, sometimes
0: episodes of the podcast,
2: they're just on back order, but they will arrive and it will be worth the wait. But for now, <laughs> let's crack on with today's show. Yeah. <laughs> for the show notes <laughs> and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. While today's guest was certainly worth the wait, we are speaking to Georgie Rutherford. Georgie was a professional triathlete competing all around the world. She's a multiple medalist, including World Ironman Age-Graded Champion. And a few years ago, she co-founded the Long Run Collective with her sister, a coaching business in which they use their expertise and experience to help other athletes achieve their goals. Georgie, welcome to the show. We get to speak at long last. I'm, I'm, I, need to, I feel like I need to sit down for this one. I'm in shock. Can you believe it's happening?
1: I, yeah, I know. I agree. But it's, I feel like I've really got to know you, though, this it's process great. of uh, it's great. delayed recordings. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It keeps things
2: interesting. Life is never dull, is it? Well, look, it's very nice to finally be catching up with you, a proper catch-up, where we're actually going to record this call and play it out on the podcast to help and inspire all those athletes out there that listen to the show. So it's really good to catch up with you. How's things with you, with you at the moment and training? I did see on your Instagram a big life change. We obviously touched on this before we started recording this call. Uh, do you have are, are you extending? Do you have a little family
1: that you are building? I'm slowly extending. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, halfway through my first uh, pregnancy, so I, uh, for me personally, right now, any expectations of uh, fitness are completely dropped. I, uh, I always wanted to approach motherhood at a time when I I didn't have a goal. I wasn't trying to do anything specifically, so I feel quite relaxed. I am enjoying looking after my strength the magical pelvic floor that every pregnant woman needs to good. work on good um very yeah i'm a, I'm, a, I'm in a nice active place but again dropping dropping any too much that i'm quite good at having a structure and a routine i love a routine but i'm working well on letting that go so uh, it feels good
2: Good for you. I mean, you can create your own routine, can't you? outside of training as well. So you can still tick that box of giving yourself some kind of structure. I say this to people who get injured, obviously a very different thing. But, you know, people break out of that routine of, oh, well, I normally do a run on a Wednesday and I go to the gym on a Tuesday morning and, oh, I'm injured, I can't do that. Well, what can you replace that time with? Can you give your week some structure, give it a bit of purpose? Sure. It just helps you to feel better, doesn't it? Did you embrace it then? You know, once, uh, obviously you knew you were pregnant, like super exciting news, probably overwhelming, I imagine, and a mix of emotions. Did you did you fully embrace and was it easy for you to make that adjust, adjustment from all the things that you've done in your career, training and activity and competing? Was it easy for you to, to back off the gas, as it were?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it has been. I'll be, I mean, to be honest, I retired like properly in my head from competing, therefore a really uh, robust, structured training programme over four years ago. So I'd say over the last four years, I've been really naturally winding down and lowering my, my 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 shift in my brain has been quite interesting to watch. I've had to, sort of, from the age of 18 to 35, I competed. I was like so structured, so so competitive, and it kind of just switched off when I retired. And, and then, yeah, the last few years, I just sort of have a lovely enjoyment of helping others so much more. And I keep fit for my own uh, physical health and obviously just keeping that, as you say, I, I do love a routine. I think it's really important uh, to be productive at work, but... I'd say, yeah, I was, I was ready to become this next chapter.
2: It's exciting, isn't it? I I find it really interesting when you talk about kind of winding down and whatnot. And once you'd finished competing, sort of retiring 35 and over the last few years, it sounds like just, I guess you were still active, right? But just not at a, at a hugely competitive level.
1: Yeah, it was, it's a really funny one. People I don't know how you, yeah I came, I came i came into sport at a really young age so i feel really fortunate that sports been with me from a young age however mm. the standing on start lines and going to the races it, you don't really realize just how much extra mental capacity that takes how much more structure planning that takes and someone once said to me oh you'll know when the time is right when you don't want to do that anymore from when i i went from an amateur triathlete at the age of 30 to professional And that really, really changed how I viewed sport and myself in sport. And I didn't. I kind of, yeah, I I was ready to step away from that start line. I didn't. I didn't enjoy professional racing as much as I thought I would.
2: So you know, when you retired then, and you were still staying active, did you find that? Did you find it easy to commit to sessions and? an activity and fitness. I'm interested to know what your motivation levels are like. And the reason I ask that, you know, you mentioned like the mental capacity and the structure it takes and it's just your whole world being a, I imagine, not talking from experience, but I imagine as a professional athlete, it's just your whole world. It's your whole focus. So that's gone, right? You've retired. Does the motivation drop off then? Does the purpose drop off or is it easy for you? Is it just a habit to get out there and, 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 and exercise?
1: yeah i think i maybe there are more than two type of people but i definitely think there's like when it comes to why we why we train i think you, you, either some people just love to train and then racing comes as a side on or people just love to race and trainings like oh go train if i really want you know they have to have a goal um i i fall into the category of i love i love going out to train having adventures and racing was always like a side i think i wasn't not a really aggressive competitor wasn't super hungry to go to the Olympics or win world titles I just so motivation wise to keep active has been actually even higher because I suddenly was didn't have reins on me I could go for that trail run it didn't impact next day's bike ride I could stay in the pool and do 5k because it didn't impact you know yeah so it's play now rather than structured training I'd call it
2: isn't that interesting? Play now rather than the structured training. I find, and I'm talking to you as a coach now. And I'm picking your brains, your brains as a coach, Georgie. I'm interested to get your thoughts on this. That whole play versus structure and drive to achieve certain goals. It's finding the balance, isn't it, with people? You know, like with the with the, with, with the runners and the athletes and the triathletes that between us we help. There's, I find that there's things that they want to do in their training. They want to incorporate certain things into their training, but they might not always necessarily fit and align with where they want to take their training and their racing and their events and their goals. It's just finding that balance, isn't it? Because I guess if if somebody is... is too regimented and they're not a professional athlete like you were so it's not their whole world in terms of a career but they're so so focused on on achieving a goal but actually they can't go out and just do the fun things they want to do they can't go and spend an afternoon on the golf course with the mates or yeah. a, a bit of a kick around five aside if that's what they're into does that make sense H- how do you find the balance with your athletes is that something you 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 sort of find yourself just striking that balance between you know fun and and obviously purpose
1: yeah, we um, we really encourage that, and you're right. It's um, it's really important, and I think it perhaps even goes straight back to our. Uh, if you were to look up our company, that like Long Run Collective website, you would probably, if you were that kind of personality, I don't think you would approach just to be coached because you probably would be like, oh, they're they're too relaxed. They're all about mind body balance, whereas I want to be like competitive and on it all the time. And uh, um, you know, a lot most of our athletes, as soon as we have that first meeting with them, they say. We, you're going to be a surprise. We're not going to set you these hard sessions that you think we're going to be checking that you're having family nights out. We're going to be checking that you've got a social life. We're going to be, you know, it's the, the balance is is put is put out there straight away. And then if that person thinks, no, that's not for me, I don't, I want to just be running 24-7, then they won't be coached. They won't come with us as coaches. Um, so we we set that out from the word go. And then as a result of that, everyone we we work with, yeah, has this lovely respect for themselves. I think that's really, really lovely to see.
2: Got to set expectations, haven't you? So important. I think as well, if you don't and if you, meaning if if there's even somebody that's self-coached, by the way, so if you listen to this and you just, you write your own training plans and you follow your own sort of way and your own path, if you don't allow yourself some of the things that you really enjoy that bring you joy in life, I think you can reach a point where you almost begrudge it. Does that make 100%. sense? You just get to that point where you go, oh God, yeah. I've just had enough yeah. of this now. <laughs> you know,
1: That's it. I mean, Susie and I, so my sister who runs the company with myself, she's based in America. We have both been uh, full-time athletes. We have both been at that high performance level with high performance coaches, with everything really wonderfully structured and we loved it. Like We do not have any regrets about that um, world we were fortunate to get into from our performances. But, actually what happened to us both we then had a break away and we were both amateurs for a bit but we took it too we did take it too seriously so we're talking from so much experience when we set this company up because we nearly got to the point where we did burn ourselves out as an amateur because we we cancelled going to weddings we cancelled going to those nights out because we took our sport as if we were you know forming high performance athletes like we were, we were like the paula wacquist so we were like alice Brownley. we had to live like that and uh, it's something, even Ballester Brownie doesn't live like that. He has great times and goes out and has, you know. So, yeah, it's so important to have those fun times. And I've had my best performances when I've, had that magical balance.
2: <laughs> Why do you think that is? You know, you talk about the magical performances, and I, I do get that completely. Do you think it's more kind of the relaxed place that you're in mentally? You know, not just you, Georgie, but when people perform well and oh, and they yeah. seem to have that, you know, the right balance that we're talking about here. Do you, do you think it is more mental than anything?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I think I think athletes achieving amateur athletes, our, our client, both our clients, achieving their goals is is a lot more mental than any of us even can give credit to you. And I'm just finished reading, um, the book by Steve Magnus. Um, I can't remember the title now, but it's all about the mind and, and it's, it's so true. And I think that's it. I think, again, a lot of our athletes, you know, no one ever has these A-star performances all the time. That's why we have a season. That's why we have an off season. We have target races and we have prep races and it. That's why we have the cycle and the planning of our training and racing. But, um, I think it's really important to plan in downtime and then of course there's going to be times when you're planning for your key marathon you need to like get some more sleep and you need to hold off the beers for a bit but that's why then the off season comes so you can just go oh, you know
2: I think people, I don't know I'm thinking as I speak here because I'm, I'm, I'm talking as a coach from what I experience and I'm also talking from somebody that's a, a recreational runner so certainly in the early days of my training and racing and whatnot, I think sometimes there's a mentality that we have to do everything all the time. So if we've got this routine, we've mentioned structure quite a bit already during this call. If if we've got a routine and structure, we like that. Most people like that. We know what we're doing on a Monday, you know, the classic kind of right Tuesday, maybe do some interval session with a club, Thursday's threshold work, whatever it might be. But we don't need to have that rigid routine every week, 52 weeks a year for the rest of our life. Things change and you know that the whole having downtime. You mentioned the Brownleys, who will obviously have downtime. Build that into their training as well. It gives you something to look forward to. I think there's an it's an easy trap to fall into. And I want to we're going to get into strategy as we know and planning for next year. But it's I think it's very a very easy trap to fall into to think I've got to do everything all the time and just overload myself like overload my week. I've got to do strength training three times a week. I've got to do hills. I've got to if you're a triathlete get on the bike, get in the pool. Ah. It's like there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so much capacity we have physically and mentally, right? You can't do it all.
1: I think, yeah, that's it. And I think, again, um, when I was in my 20s, when I left uh, Bath University as a promise sport, you mentioned about being self-coached, and I was self-coached. I think sometimes, although we question why do we even need a coach, when you're such a driven person, which most, you know, recreational runners and marathon runners become because they just love it so much and that's fantastic I think it's great to have a sporting hobby I think it's you become too addicted to that routine and mm-hmm. that, and again guilty and I've seen that with people they, they just can't let go of that routine so even if they've finished their London Marathon well it's club nights on Tuesday night I'm going to go to club nights. I don't want to miss it and I I get that and that's so great you've got that passion but when you get a coach and that's when a coach is really helpful to say well you know a recovery week or two weeks is probably a really nice thing to do you could perhaps go to the pub with your mates after the track night and reward you know we really respect that reward and that's how coaches and that's how my coach when I first got coached helped me and it's such a hard thing to do I hated it to start with but then I got better and that's how the performances come, you know, the improvements come, right, when you recover. <laughs>
2: so difficult though, isn't it, Georgie? I mean, I still find even now with,
1: you know, you would think as a coach, I,
2: I, I of course, I don't know everything. We don't know everything, do we? Always learning. But you would think I would know the importance of recovery weeks and I do. <laughs> But actually to adhere to them I find quite challenging. So this week is a recovery week for me. Now it's very yeah. easy. And I was really you know, you, you talk about the, the, the book you read you read by Steve Magnus, talking about the mental side of training. So important, isn't it, in life, not just training. But last week, so towards the back end of last week, I started to feel a bit tired. My training's been going pretty well, right? So towards the back end of last week, just a few little signs, you know, you notice these bit of restless sleep and just, you know, performance is not quite what you would want them to be. Just those signals where you think, okay, yeah, I need to just back off here uh, and give myself a, a recovery week. But actually, I, I almost fell into the trap of going, well, maybe I just need to train harder and push more because you want to increase your fitness. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, no, that's yeah. not. You're just going to put yourself into a hole even more. You've got to actually back off and recover. Do you find it easy to hold your athletes back? And and how do you do that? I'm interested to know. I want some tips, man. <laughs>
1: I think, uh, yeah, it's magical. I think, um, again, as I alluded to, because of the way we talk to athletes uh, from the go, you know, we... We let them we let them know that we're going to be putting those veins on them. we sort of don't we don't sort of pretend that we're going to be slamming them. But then also when they want to have those uh, they're struggling with that recovery week. It's that as you alluded to, it's like they like the routine, they like the structure. so that's great. you keep the structure they're, they're allowed to go into their training that we use a training app rather than training peaks, but you can use any platform, of course, to schedule your training. So we let them still have that routine, but we plan it in, We've, um, so my sister's a yoga teacher. I've done mindfulness and a, and a pranayama breathing course. So we structure in recovery things. So it's kind of like, oh, I've still got half an hour of training to do, but it's actually a, a breathing and um, yoga session through with us. So it's something that's active recovery and it's still it's still like something they can record on Strava if they want to record it on Strava. And it's still giving them something to do, but it's not pounding their muscles on the pavement. And those are some of the guys. And again, I shouldn't just allude to guys, but, um, they initially are kind of like, Oh yeah, no, I'm going to miss that. And then through our community, the sort of word spreads that actually, that was pretty good. And I feel much better for that. And slowly, but surely people are starting to turn around and go, actually, yeah, I, I, I'm learning. I see what you mean that, that I I got better. And it's through, it's through their own. It's we're all guilty of it, right? We only learn through our own mistakes. So we can only do so much at the end of the day as coaches, we can put out guidance and share our thoughts as why, you know, why they should do that. But it's up to that person at the end of the day, what they choose to do. And then if they perhaps have a little slip up, then they might come back and try, Oh yeah, I'll try your way now. That's normally what happens.
2: (laughs) Uh, I, completely get that it's so funny isn't it and and just it's about experience because if you experience something firsthand rather than reading it about reading about it in a book or listening to a podcast like this or hearing it from your coach even if you respect your coach if once you've experienced it and you go, do you know okay Georgie you're pain in the ass last week she made me have a recovery week. <laughs> I, I tried to fight the fight but I did do it in the end and actually I felt so much better in the sessions the following week you've you've had that experience you know it's like somebody showing you around a car, but actually you need to get in the car and test drive it. And then you go, okay, now I get it. The sales exec doesn't need to tell me how great the car is to drive. I'm experiencing it for myself. And you get that buy-in almost, don't you? I remember when, it, yeah. I, when I did my coaching course um a number of years ago, uh, years ago now, Georgie, and, and one of one of the ladies on the course, she mentioned as uh, she was taking the course. She what was the phrase now? It was it was it was guided discovery. And yeah. I just thought that is and at the time what is guided discovery absolutely brilliant it's just like helping your runners and your athletes and your clients to to just find their own way but safely kind of keep them on a certain path but just let them experience things for themselves because that's where you get the buy-in isn't it and that's where it becomes quite transformational and that sounds a bit a bit big but it is isn't it because all of a sudden it's like the penny drops and they're like do you know on the subject of recovery weeks this is brilliant. I need to make sure that I really respect the body and the mind because that's important during recovery week as well, because I'm going to get the benefits and ultimately I'm going to improve and move forward, which is what it's all about. I really love all that stuff. So powerful. I,
1: I think that's it. I think having, I think that word guided discovery is exactly it. Cause again, as coaches, we are not here to dictate and mm. um, we're here to support and be a mentor and a friend to our clients and our athletes. And, and then also role models, right? I think it's really great now. I mean, when I was like really competing that social media wasn't as high as, as prominent as it is now. So I didn't really know what the best of the best were up to, but you know, there's some fantastic athletes out there with fantastic Instagram accounts who really do show that they, they, they talk about their recovery. And so you think, oh, well, they're doing it. You know, so they're great role model. So sometimes if, you know, if a client or an athlete, or, or if you're listening to this and you don't want to listen to us because you don't have any respect for us. You don't know us, but you actually have some favorite footballer or athlete or you know, they ha- they all, it's good to see what they get up to and they have a g- up to six weeks off every year, you know.
2: It's so true. We, we we all need those inspirations and those role models, and I'm sure you and I have our own as well. I know I certainly do. You know, where yeah. even as a coach, I still need sometimes people that inspire me, or I look up to them, or I admire what they do, or or also you know close sort of people, coaches, fellow coaches that I can use as a, as a bit of a sounding board as well when it comes to my own training and and racing and recovery. And it's just you know we all want to move forward and, and and improve when we're involved in activity and sport and we're driven and there's different ways to do that and we'll all do it to different degrees and different rates we're on our own path aren't we i know we get this term banded around a lot journey but it is a journey um and it's an awesome one if you really embrace it talking of which look let's get on to next year i'm excited i'm excited for all the people that we're going to help there's it's back end of the year now as we recall this of course so we're oh, going to put the clocks back is it back or forward it's back isn't it put on the- Putting the clocks yeah, back. Yes.
1: Bring oh. forward, fall back. That's yeah. the one.
2: Always forget that. So dark nights. Motivation might be dropping off a little bit. We're going to get people fired up, Georgie. Looking to next year. So if some of somebody comes to you and they say, "Right, Georgie, I'm, I want some coaching. I'm up for it. I, I want to get my plans in place for next year, 2023." What sort of things would you advise? Like, where do they start with that? Because it's very easy to kind of scattergun, isn't it? Or it's very easy to kind of plan too much, over race. What are some? How would you work backwards? What do we think? What do you think we need? To be considering at the moment
1: i think yeah that's it again you look at always the time availability of that person and and what's going to be consistent so regardless of if it's the now which is a beautiful you know the now is also a great time to go okay well my goal isn't until may june july next year so actually right now i don't need to be right onto that end of that marathon training program or doing that bigger block of training so right now it's all about the basics isn't it we're getting a change of season it's starting to pick up that horrible flu season so it's about health and the cycle right now is the off-season health so we we look at the sort of the the timings we've got until the race right so let's say it's eight months away your race and you go okay well I'm going to break that down into chunks so as a coach we break that into chunks maybe eight week chunks or maybe over you know 12 weeks and then we sort of really sort of discuss how that then is going to progress so they get excited but they know that right now it's very much a great time just to embrace the the basics the health getting in their nutrition getting all the small things right now so then when training ramps up it's already a habit
2: really like that where do you need to be how fit do you need to be how fast do you need to be right now that's the question and the answer is not in race shape
1: (laughs) yeah you don't even need to be you know again it's that sort of keep the keep the reins on if you like on yourself it's such a hard thing to do you can get so excited but so, so soon before Christmas because again you're motivated you want to beat the winter so you're like I can do this I can get out to all the club nights over and it's like well actually do you need to be running PB's on the track in December or you know and it, it's really hard to do but then that's where the coach if you explain it thoroughly the benefits what's going to come get that excitement going and, and, and probably share that so it's a two-way thing right coaching it's not about oh, I'll just tell you each week what's coming and, and no excitement about the, the future goals. If you share that excitement together and, and really um, inform your athlete as to what you're thinking and make sure they're on board with it, you know, make sure they own their own, because again, it's their goal, make sure they own it and they understand clearly Um then it's like really exciting.
2: It is exciting, and, and owning it is a massive part of that. I really like that you said that because it, it is important, and I think it, it gives that responsibility as well. You talk about coaching as a two-way thing, which it is, of course. But I think to know that actually I'm in control of this, and I need to put the this, I need to put certain things in place so that I am ready for that spring marathon, let's say, or that even that autumn marathon. Long-term goals are great; love those. And it's that responsibility of being. Committed to the course, so making sure that you are you've got plans in place to stay motivated and get out there and commit to those sessions. But you're also patient. You're not trying to do too much too soon. And and looking at the basics, you mentioned time availability. There, you know, I think that's a great place to start, Georgie. I always say that to people. You know, if I start to work with somebody new, right? How much time have you got? how much time have you yeah. got available and don't tell me how much time you got available just to run by the way how much time do you have available to train that could be yeah. to do some strength work to yoga to stretch you know to some breathing exercises which you mentioned earlier so again listening to this if you don't have a coach and you're planning your training for next year what time do you have available and then you can devote that you can divide it up to various components that are important to help you achieve your goal not just the actual the running side of stuff it's really important isn't it
1: Yeah, and I think it's also really important for like that, the time availability consistently, because again, a lot of people, you know, back in their offices right now, they're perhaps pulled away for a couple of days a week to meetings, or perhaps they're in, they know they're going to be in the office for three days a week, which then um, limits their time. So then realistically it's okay, I've got four, you know, it's that, It's that. what can you do consistently over time? Cause that's not one week where I've got six days I can run, or but next week I can only do two. So I'm going to cram in six this week, two the next week, four, the, you know, it's consistency each week. And that's something that I think, Gets missed sometimes when we be- when we've got like family life, busy work. It's been quite harsh with yourself from the get go. That you can actually can I only run three times a week consistently? Okay, I can run three times a week consistently. That's fantastic.
2: Th- this reminds me of many of the conversations I used to have when I was a personal trainer, Georgie. And I, I would ask new clients, new members of the gym, that were interested in training and moving forward and various goals. You know, the classic question: how How many times a week can you train? Right and they'd give an answer and through further investigation it often became apparent that that was best case that was almost like if everything aligns (laughs) and it's the most magical week in the world I can get in the gym five times well great but how many times realistically is that actually going to happen we want to work on what's realistic so I I always like to kind of work on the basis of well if I get to run for example a fourth time that's a bonus if most of the time somebody can run three you know you've got to kind of factor that into things so again these are questions for people listening to this that I think it'll be really helpful just to map out the future because otherwise you you can end up you can end up choosing a goal and targeting something that might not be realistic right now We, we spoke about timing didn't we timing for yourself timing for pregnancy timing for goals you may be able to achieve a certain thing that you have in your mind. You may be able to achieve a Boston qualifying time, the Boston Marathon qualifying time. You might be able to. You might have the gen- that genetic ability. But do you have the time right now? Is your lifestyle such that you are able to commit to that training? Maybe it's something you need to shelve and pick back up, you know, 2024, for example. Heading yep. into winter, Georgie, what what's your... what, what are th- what things that people need to focus on now as I want to talk about that base level of conditioning you know base building what does that mean to you and what, what should people consider
1: I think first and foremost is making it as enjoyable as possible because obviously again it's um, it's the dark winter nights and things just feel harder so again I try and put in I mean coach quite a lot of triathletes uh and, and 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 runners so it's sort of, let's have the social put the social things in so you know some of the guys rather than focusing too much on sunday long runs anymore let's go and do the cross country races with no agenda of competing but just to go and have fun and a bit of banter at the cross country race maybe a pub lunch afterwards on a sunday so that's a social and club rides are social so there's no real specific sessions no looking at debt too much at heart rate unless obviously they're starting to push too much and it's it's all about fun but keeping a a a realistic routine and then strength work so so again a lot of people don't enjoy the strength work so it's working on sometimes the things that we like to avoid our weaknesses right we must address them maybe that's your run form maybe you've had some injuries so maybe we need to actually look at your nutrition so everyone's different But first and foremost, I just kind of, I think it's always important to make sure we have lots of things to look forward to over the winter, maybe even some more time off, maybe some full weekends off so they're going to have a city break or go and see their family and go to those Halloween parties and, you know, really just look forward to things. So it's sort of when it comes to those times when we want to be a bit more disciplined. We're ready for it. We're hungry. You do realise all my runners are
2: going to be messaging me once they've listened to this episode, Georgie, saying, "Can we go and um, can we go and be coached by Georgie because she lets us have weekends off and goes to Halloween parties and have some fun <laughs> over winter?" <laughs> you, de- you're dead right though. It's so important, isn't it? We mentioned that balance. You've got to do the things that you enjoy. Talk to me, Georgie, about safety because I find that's a bit of a barrier, isn't it? Over winter, you know, and it makes sense, doesn't it? It can be a barrier to motivation. Because we mentioned the dark nights a lot. That's probably, uh, can be difficult for people, not only to get them motivated, but also to stay safe if they're not living in the best of areas. What's your thoughts on staying safe in the outdoors, in the dark nights? And are you a fan of a treadmill, for example?
1: Well, yeah, again... I'm open to all ideas with people. And again, I think it's really coming to the forefront, sadly, uh, for the safety out running. So I think first and foremost, is always about visibility, right? So if you're going to go out running on your own, because you're actually pretty motivated and you love it still, what are you wearing? You know, uh, are you in the, there's lots of lovely, easy lights that you can put on around your ankles or your arms that are cheap or in your back of your jacket. So if you are motivated to go out in the winter, I think just check in, and are you actually visible? Um, and are you running in a place that's uh, well lit and just things like that, if you are motivated, but when you're not motivated, yeah, I think it's a good idea to switch it up and go, okay, well, accept that, that's okay. If you've only got the time availability to go out in the mornings or the evenings, have you got a buddy that you can um, come out with you? That's always a great way of doing it. If not gym, yeah, treadmills are great, but of course then you've got to factor in perhaps a gym membership for somebody. Um, So that's tricky try encouraging it's hard isn't it with workplaces you know people um can you take their trainers to work could they pop out for the half an hour lunch run um get that daylight in the winter which is so important and um, some people can have the opportunity to do that if you work from home really that's the best way of doing it, isn't it you know changing when you train don't go out in the morning before work anymore. Ask your employee if you can perhaps take a, a longer lunch break and work later, or something. There's, a lot, I think, just flexible flexibility. And if somebody's really not motivated to go out running over the winter, or they're yeah they're fearful, or we'll change it up completely, be open to them not going. Don't force that on them if that's going to turn them off sport altogether. Go to classes, go to some fitness classes in the community hall, or you know something that keeps you active but with safe with other people. There's always a way to keep active that's there, going to keep you unfit.
2: Definitely. There, there is absolutely a way to get around most problems. I really believe that, especially where training and racing is concerned. And and as you say, switch things up a little bit. You have to get creative, don't you, sometimes to get the result that you want. If, if it's stopping you getting out there and training, well, well, let's just stop and have a little think here. What can we
0: do?
1: Yeah. It, well, r- even like some of oh, sorry, I'm just thinking of some mm. of my clients who are, who are mums with like three or four kids and then, you know, they either work part-time in an office or they work from home and then they've got the kids in the evening and the kids in the morning they've got no time in the day. Well, it's okay. Don't worry. It's little enough. And again, it's what's that time availability. Can we do actually a 10 minute floor workout at home, which is a bit of hit, a bit of like running on the spot, you know, what, and we, and if again, if you can, if you've only got two hours available, well, if we can do three. Three little cardio gentle hit classes a week where you've got some jogging on the spot and you're in your front room whilst the kids are in the house too, then bingo, you know
2: yeah importantly it's keeping that habit as well isn't it it helps to keep the habit and and you, you get like get like a warm virtuous feeling i mean we all do don't we if we know we've committed to sessions we've set out a plan we've done what we've committed to what we said we were going to do we just feel nice for doing that as well and that can be that can be motivating and and help to give you that traction and that momentum which we know is important if you've got big goals in your mind and things like that but yeah safety i think is absolutely you know the most important thing and as you mentioned like with work is there a way that you can get some flexibility going on there? There might be. Sometimes you just have to, have to ask the question, you know. And you, you mentioned running with people. Sometimes I think it's easy to think, ah, oh, but I don't really know anybody um, that is at my level. You know, they're they're faster than me or they're slower than me or they're whatever than me. Now, of course, logistics plays a part, doesn't it, Georgie? People, you know, that person or people need to be available at the same time as you. There's some conversations to have there and planning and logistics and whatnot. But get clever with it. If, for example, you have uh, somebody that you know that can run at the same time as you, but they're faster than you, they're fitter than you, well, what are they training for? Could you combine your sessions? So could you do one run together, and for them it's an easy run, but for you it's maybe a tempo run or a threshold run or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's a faster, more intense run. You're both benefiting, but you're just benefiting in different ways. So you've got to just think outside the box a little bit. You know, massively, massively important, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think again, it's a really great time of the year as well to, uh, you know, to talk to your coach or if you self-coached again, just to go. You know, it's really, really hard again to think you've got to be running a set amount of volume a week to be a marathon runner, and you actually. You don't, the, the, you know, like that quality and quantity, again, we really test that with our, with our athletes. And, you know, we have them doing half marathons, half Ironmans, Ironmans long distance events. And they're all like, you don't need to be doing as much volume, especially over the winter as you really think you should be doing. So again, that, um, that pressure over the winter, doesn't need to be that, you know, you could even go onto a turbo, Or, you know, again, if you like swimming, just again, that variety and and really, you know, use the winter for that opportunity, you're not going to get unfit, you know.
2: I imagine you're all, all over the cross training when it comes to running, Georgie. With your background, I imagine you're all for people incorporating some swimming and some cycling into their training. It's getting it's getting some very positive attention of late. Do you, do you sense this? I'm talking in the in the in the specific running world. You know, there's a lot of kind yeah, of high profile sure. yeah. runners that are you know full time professional runners that, that that openly talk about how much cross training they they do. Are you a big believer in that?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It's I mean, my, I mean, my sister was, um, a professional runner. She went to the Commonwealth trials for 5k. She, she really did. She, you know, yeah, swimming was always her thing. They did cross training and yoga and Pilates. And I think again, a lot of runners, I, I know you, as you, you're leading to, they, they talk about their swimming or their turbos or their out cycling. Now, again, they're really fortunate. Obviously they've got the professionals, they've got perhaps the sponsorship or the time availability and things like that. But yeah, I think um, it's a great way of h- preventing injuries. You know, people, um, even for marathon runners, you'd be surprised. Yeah, you can really actually just boost your cardiovascular engine. And you're learning new ways to train as well. If you go to a local spin class, you get a different type of endorphin. And it's quite exciting to have that variety. And I think it helps, it helps with like the longevity in your sport. You know, our company is called Long Run Collective, not about going for lots of long, long runs. It's about being in your health and being active for life like the long you're in it for the long term but so adding in as much variety as you can means you're always going to have an interest and motivated oh at times my training is great because I've only you know that's 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 my personal view on it any
2: well, have, you, have you got any preferences when it comes to cross training? You know, if somebody's, let's say, training for a marathon, so big goal, typically lots of running involved, you know, high volume, generally speaking, they want to substitute some of that for some cross training. What would be your preference? What would be your advice?
1: first and foremost is what can they actually are they are they can they swim um if they can't swim perhaps let's not stress them out with beginner lessons on stressing swimming because that might be quite stressful for them and not enjoyable but if they've got a swimming background and they are up for the challenge of going to the pool once or twice a week go for that if their background's actually you know or, or, or they're happy to go to some spin classes go for that again if they haven't got the road skill awareness or perhaps if they haven't ridden a bike out on the road since they were a kid you know again perhaps it's not the best time to start taking up cycling if they if their actual real goals are running on the road but yes in indoor wise or again other other sports completely you know again a lot of people love squash don't they and that's a really hard workout
2: yeah, I, I anything with a ball is not really my sport. I think for me,
1: <laughs> no, but I think it's I think it's really I think it's really good to have some other things in your repertoire. I think because again, if you if you do, it's really hard to put your blinkers and go. Oh no, I love running now. I'm going to love running for the next five years. I'm going to be a marathon runner till I'm seventy. But again, even if you taught those older marathon runners the, the really inspiring older guys they've got so much going on in their lives they like they have other hobbies they have other interests they you know they go down to the snooker room they they, they go to art or the music and they they just appreciate everything and i think it's a really important lesson for the 30 40 year olds right now who are new to, to sports because you've got to look at the older guys who are still in it why are they still in it how are they still in it oh it's actually because they haven't made it their obsession and their life uh, and
2: also you know let's not forget injury it's not a fun thing to talk about but it's very it much it happens to all it of happens. us yeah so and if you've got some options some cross training options ready to go you've got a contingency should the worst happen and you are sidelined or actually i,
1: I definitely yeah actually it's going to happen it's good to it's good to go it's going to happen like i don't know anybody that hasn't avoided Suddenly, covid or flu or or an injury
2: it's embracing it isn't it and, and managing those expectations and having a plan b you know that contingency i think also it can potentially help georgie with perhaps lessening the severity of any injury you know maybe it's more of a niggle than an injury because actually you, you have a touch of plantar fasciitis or achilles tendonitis or whatever it is and rather than letting it be full blown because Th- all you have in your life is running you can say hang on a second i'm going to be smart here and do you know what i'm going to get in the pool and i'm going to substitute that run for a swim or i'm going to get on the bike or whatever it is that you got access to which is what we're talking about here and you can potentially prevent it from becoming this big long term full blown injury because that's just miserable right nobody wants to be injured nobody wants to be injured at all Ugh.
1: Yeah, definitely. And again, it goes back to what we started with at the start, wasn't it, about sort of, just sort of, in, yeah, enjoying things and taking taking that pressure off, One, as you said, one thing. It doesn't even have to be a sport, you know, keeping that structure. You could, I picked up the drums when I had, I had a really long-term injury. Um, I was out really from competing for 18 months and I I'd always wanted to play the drums. So I got an electric drum kit, had drum lessons, And play the drums, you know, a great way to get frustration out.
2: Well, that's certainly seizing an opportunity, isn't it? You know, turning a negative, <laughs> seemingly a negative into a, into a positive here. Right, what else can I do? You know, how can I shift my focus here? What can I do to bring joy into my life? I, I love all that stuff, Georgie, and I think it's just so important, isn't it? Like, we, we say so often on this show, we want to have a healthy relationship with our training. We don't want to do these things and give ourselves a hard time. Sure, be a bit disappointed here and there. Maybe you didn't achieve what you set out to achieve or the session didn't go quite to plan. It's okay to be a bit disappointed but don't give yourself such a hard time and like, you know, be dragging yourself through every training session and every race and then you do a race and then you're never happy. You never acknowledge yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not a good place to be, is it?
1: No, and I think sometimes that's how being in, in a club or being coached helps because hopefully then they will help rub that some of that positive energy into changes no it's you know quite a lot of us are very stubborn as well we again like we said at the start you've got until something happens to you you don't you don't make the changes but I think being around others or having other a coaching community can help you there with all of that
2: We're all about positive energy and reframing on this show, your weekly dose of running motivation. Uh, Georgie, it's been an absolute pleasure finally catching up with you today. I can't believe it. I've got to pinch myself. We have had a great chat about running and training and all things winter preparations. Ready for 2023. Are you ready? Big changes for you.
1: (laughs) big changes yeah we're starting to buy secondhand things <laughs> <laughs> that's your focus if there are any listeners that want to give some top tips please share
2: them <laughs> there you go that's it don't forget let us know we need to help georgie here we need to help her with her goals listen thank you so much for coming and talking to us and sharing your wealth of knowledge and experience on the show if people want to catch up with you in the long run collective where can they do that obviously websites and instagram where's the best place
1: yeah we have a uh an active Facebook page, Long Run Collective, and Instagram pages. Um, I'm happy just for people to drop us a message on there and say hi. Um, That's probably our two most – or we've got our YouTube channel. If if you've been listening and you heard about sort of those active recovery days, we've got a YouTube channel, Long Run Collective, with tons of free short, like, workouts to work different muscle groups and recovery, and so that intrigued you. Have a look at that. It's all free, and it's, like, 15-minute bouts you can do after work or before work.
2: Awesome. You're all over the place. We'll link those in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Georgie, have a great rest of the day. Have a great week. Speak to you soon.
1: Thanks, Jake. You too. Have a good one. See
0: you. Running with Jake, the podcast. Somehow, Jake, I feel you've managed to save the situation. Uh, you, my friend, are redeemed. That there, that there, just that you just did then, back then, th- that there was quality content. I mean, you know, you said knowledge bombs. You're going to drop some knowledge. It doesn't even cover it. Doesn't even cover it. That was good content. Well, <laughs> I, I'm very. I mean, I'm, happy not you say that. Uh, I'm not even not. a running this guy. I'm not even a running guy. This is true. This is. I'm true. I'm a non-running, uh, guy. and even I, even even <laughs> I, with my ear as a non-running guy who's got a leg that's slightly lame, even I know that that was quality content. Oh, and if 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 if. if, if, if I was a Patreon person who pays for this show and last week there wasn't a show and this week there has been a show. What I would do is I would not cancel my Patreon because I would think that I had got value for money just by listening to that content then. That was a good job. But we do all know your names, by the
2: way. We, but we do know your names. We, we just... It's just... <laughs> Pete likes to refer to you as Patreon people because it's just a little bit easier. But that's the only reason. We do... It is. We care yeah.
0: about you as and individuals. That we do. is very important you have that Absolutely. in mind. And you are going to get that extra episode at some point Mm. in the future. I'm not going to put a time-specific time on that because time is ticking away, my friend. But what I would say is if you are not a Patreon and you just heard all of that great content then and many, many, many knowledge bombs dropping all at the same time in a good way, in a good way, (laughs) because bombs people are not good, but knowledge bombs are because we're all learning together, if you think to yourself, my God, how do I pay for that content? I want to pay for that content. Please let me pay for that content. All you need to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and click on the Patreon banner at the top.
2: Oh, thank God. I thought then you were going to say, uh, if you would like to pay uh, for the show, it's uh, Mr. P. Allen at sort code 20... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm very happy that you enjoyed today's show, Pete. Uh, Like, genuinely, because I was just about to mention the whole ratings and review thing. Mm. I thought, it's about time. You know, we need to pick back up on this. We like our ratings. We like our reviews. So, if pete the non-running guy producer of the show if you have enjoyed today's episode then please once you finish editing this episode of course uh, get yourself to the app whichever you use to listen to the show and make sure you give this little show a five star rating could you do that pete? yeah Can i'll do that. do that i'll do that in, fact, a bit of a trend? in fact i think i probably already did it? it
0: when we first launched i think but then ah. you see i was doing it without actual knowledge of how good it was going to be and now i do know now I do know, so if I were to rate it five stars, I'll go on a different app, I'll rate it on a different app, five stars, because this time I know that the stars mean something.
2: And on that <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm I serious. think it's time. I, I think it's time we wrap <laughs> this show up. Uh, I, I really do think it's time... So that's it for another episode of Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose. We're back to being your weekly dose of running motivation. We will be back next week. Whatever you're up to this week, have a fantastic week of running. Look after yourselves, stay safe. See you soon. Ooh. Oh, and one more thing. <laughs> Thanks for the prompt. I didn't forget. I didn't I know, forget. I know. If you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit.